is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Wednesday, Thanksgiving Eve. It's a two-man show. It's Adam and Heath today. Adam, Heath. How do you feel about Thanksgiving? We know your controversial Halloween take. How about Thanksgiving? It is by far and away the best holiday. Is it? How is it better yeah. than Christmas? Um, Christmas is damn expensive for me. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, Thanksgiving doesn't cost me much at all. I get fantastic food. Yeah. There's football on all day. <laughs> and I have so much to be thankful for. Oh, really? Well, I'm going to find out what fantasy things you have to be thankful for. And by the way, we're going to have a pretty normal week. We're going to have a show on Thanksgiving. We're going to have a show on Friday, AFC and NFC home games, uh, except there are only four NFC home games after tonight. There are three, or uh, tomorrow night, rather, because there are three on Thanksgiving. Um, so we'll kind of mix the games around a little bit. Uh, not sure yet about a mailbag. Definitely going to try to get you a mailbag. No promises, uh, just, you know, because of scheduling. But I will try. Uh, you know, how was your waiver wiring? How was, uh, was, a, was a long, long night of setting waiver claims? Especially. It was fantastic. It was it? Everything went almost exactly. Like I am in the best of moods. Are today. you, Heath? Yes. I could not be. I've never been in a better mood on a podcast. <laughs> well, how come? Let's talk about it. Well, I came in this morning and FFT listeners, Ryan York, Chris Gannon, and Eric Burrow, oh boy. had, uh, had a, sent me a little Thanksgiving treat. Oh yeah? Yes. What was that? Uh, it was a, uh, a box full oh. of, uh, Iowa brews. Oh, okay. Very nice. I've never had beer from Iowa. You so now get I've all, got, get all 50 states in there, Heath. I, I, I do have to get all 50 states in there. All right, so, so that's thank good. you to you guys, and thank everybody else to say thanks too, because I'm going to be better on the podcast because of it. Uh, well, that's wonderful. He'll, he'll be better on the podcast because he has not opened the box just yet. Uh, let's let's clear that up. Yeah, the waiver wiring was good, and then you know halfway through the day, I found out that OJ Howard was out for the year, and then I had to go be a little bit more aggressive, and I ended up with a lot of Cameron Brait because I had a lot of OJ Howard. Uh, he was some I think I had him in three or four leagues. Uh, but one thing we didn't do enough, Heath is talk about kickers. So let's talk a little bit more about kickers. Oh, we talked plenty about kickers. You know what? The, like four words need to be said about kickers. No. Get rid of them. This is actually... <laughs> Three words. That's four. How about let's get rid of them? This is actually an important question that I should have asked yesterday that I didn't ask. Tweet of the day is from Jason. Are Harrison Bucker and Greg Zerline worth keeping through their buy? I do not hold kickers through their buy. I understand that you might have a bench bad enough to where you have extra people you want to drop. But I, I, to, as an example, I'm not dropping Dion Lewis so that I can hold a kicker. I'm not dropping Golden Tate so that I can hold a kicker. But I would consider dropping John Brown. I would consider dropping like Capri Bibbs if I'd picked him up in a PPR league and hoped for something. Demarius Thomas, I dropped. I see. I dropped Demarius Thomas in a lot of leagues for good players. I'm not sure I would drop. Like there was, if you picked up a kicker last night, I assume you tried to make two moves. Well, I pretty much never use a waiver claim on a kicker. It's you know, if you're if you are like a fab dollar. Well, if you're in a fab league, you have no choice. Uh, but you can put a zero dollar bid in. But, but you're still using a waiver claim. Uh, that's true. But it, I wouldn't use a waiver claim on a kicker because I don't want to lose my waiver wire priority in case somebody drops someone really stupid and you want to. Uh, really good and you want to pick, uh, that person up. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that these guys are worth holding on to. Harrison Butker is the number two kicker in fantasy. He's behind Will Lutz. And Zerline, if you take the six games that he's played and not, and not include week two when he got hurt, he'd be number one by a lot, you know, per game average. So, uh, you know, look, you don't have to. I understand if you're a roster crunch and you need to win this week and, my, my only thing is, like, Harrison Butker has outscored Kaimi Fairbear by five points for the entire season, and Fairbear's had a bye and Butker hasn't, and Fairbear's still available in a lot of leagues. Well, we he's agree out- that he's under own. That doesn't mean 
He's outscored Mason Crosby by seven points for the season. He's outscored Jason Myers by eight points for the season. But that's your guy, and that's fine. If you need a kicker, get Fairbairn. I think we're done talking about kickers. If you're gonna drop these guys, don't waste a roster spot on two kickers. No, I disagree. For one, I disagree. If it's Zerline, especially, he's so good. He's outscoring these guys by less than a point per game. It's a point. That's an important point. That's an important point. You're not guaranteed that point. Okay, you are. Uh, News and notes. AJ Green has a good chance to play this week. OJ Howard's out for the season. He is currently the number five tight end in non-PPR, number six in PPR. Only 48 targets. That's 12th most at the position. Uh, 4.8 targets per game. 565 yards. He's caught a lot of his targets. 34 out of 48. And five touchdowns for Howard. That's being replaced. Tampa Bay's offense. Why do we get so excited about Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick, every time one of them gets the starting job? Tampa Bay leads the NFL with 361 passing yards per game. Number two is Kansas City, 318.5. They are averaging 43 more passing yards per game than the Kansas City Chiefs. A, a nice way to say that would be to say that the Tampa Bay quarterbacks, the difference between them and Patrick Mahomes in passing yards is greater than the difference between Harrison Butker and the number 12 kicker. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Heath. Thanks for clarifying. So I have Cameron Bray now in several leagues. I bid like $12 on him in one league, I think was the most I bid on him, maybe out of like 50 that I had left. Uh He was in 2016 a top seven tight end. In 2017, a top 10 tight end in both formats. I know he's not great, Heath, but he scores touchdowns and they throw the, a ton and they throw for a lot of yards and I think he's a must own. He's 43% owned. Yeah, I picked him up in two or three leagues. The problem is, I think, we're already, and unfortunately not in all of our leagues, but in most leagues, we've already, a third of the teams are not picking people up anymore. Uh huh. Some leagues, probably half the teams are not picking anyone up. Nobody with Zach Ertz or George Kittle's picking him up. I'd be surprised if the Gronk owner is picking him up. That might be a little bit of the issue. Like, I don't think he's ever getting to 100% owned. No. But he should he should get to 60 or 70. No, but I, I guess if you have Jared Cook, if you have Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron, where do you rank him with those guys who are widely owned, widely started, maybe not so much Doyle, but the other two, but inconsistent. I mean, e- Ebron deserves to start. I know last week was his, was his bad, but but Cook, Cook, for example, really frustrating guy. It's The funny thing is I think I have Ebron last of those guys. This week? Or rest of season. Probably both. Like he has 15 targets in five games with Jack Doyle. Yeah. I know, it's uh, true. Yeah, yeah. I would go with Doyle and Cook over Brait in PPR for sure. In non-PPR, I think you could make an argument for Cameron Brait as high as number six. Rest of season. And that sentence right there just tells you, I mean, if you're struggling at tight end and Brait's available, he's 43% owned. There's an opportunity. It's not a great matchup this week. Uh, but... But, um, you know, it is it is what it is. Todd Gurley had an ankle injury on Monday. That's why I didn't get a lot of work. He should be fine after the bye. We got some big Thursday news. Trubisky, Marvin Jones, Traquan Smith, all could sit this week. Marvin Jones looks like the most likely to sit. But what do you think about Mitchell Trubisky and a lot of the tough decisions we're going to have to make this week? Uh, I was just writing about this. If Trubisky sits, I am sitting all Bears pass catchers. But I do think it's a boost for Jordan Howard and probably for Tariq Cohen because my expectation playing the Lions in a game that they should win without throwing a pass is that Howard and Cohen would both see their rushing volume go up. Now, I don't know that for sure. Maybe they they have more faith in Chase Daniel than I do. But, um, yeah, I would think boost for Howard and Cohen. And you can't – one of the wide receivers will probably be good, but we'll have no idea who it is. Did you see my awesome stat about the Lions' run defense? I, I did not see your awesome stat. Is it the stat of the game for later? It is, yeah. Okay, great. But we have three stats of the game, so I'll just spoil this one. Since trading for Damon Harrison, I'm, I think they're still giving up five yards per carry on the season to running backs. But since the Harrison trade, uh, running backs are averaging 3.9 yards per carry against Detroit. If you remove Dalvin Cook's 70-yard run, they're averaging 3.13 yards per carry against Detroit. They all of a sudden have a good run defense. He is that good. 
Do you do they do vanity plates in New York? I love YPC. I was thinking YPC for life. <laughs> I try. I I want a vanity plate that says V N T Y P L eight. V N T Y P L eight. Vanity plate. Yeah. It's really really clever. Thanks. Um, Traquan Smith, another guy we're gonna have to make a decision on. Maybe we, we'll we'll preview these games and and talk about it tomorrow. But these both, Trubisky and Smith would both be very good FanDuel options. Uh, especially Trubisky, I think, but can't, didn't put him in my lineup as of now for the Thursday games. Trubisky was my favorite quarterback before this news. Yeah. For this slate. Sam Darnold is making progress as he recovers from a foot injury, has a chance to play this week. Philadelphia defensive tackle Timmy Jernigan is off the pup list. That should help their run defense, which has been a little leaky lately. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is going to start this week at the Colts. Is he a top 20 guy? Tannehill? Uh, I think I've got him 22nd. I have him in the exact same place I had Osweiler, maybe 21st. Um, I do think it's interesting what this means for Kenny Stills because it's quite possible Danny Amendola and Kenny Stills are really the only wide receivers that are healthy for the Dolphins that you've ever heard of. And I was expecting Amendola to get 12 targets in this game. Maybe it's now only 10 and Kenny Stills gets some his way now. And if you need a linebacker in IDP, Hardy Nickerson had eight tackles at Baltimore last week. He's going to be filling in for Bengals middle linebacker Preston Brown, who is on IR against a team that's going to run the ball a ton in the Cleveland Browns. So very possible he gets another eight or more tackles. That's Hardy Nickerson for the Bengals. And the, the Hardy Nickerson? Am I wrong? Well, I was wondering, like, how old is Hardy Nickerson? And maybe there's a different. I guess there is a new, there is another yeah. Hardy Nickerson. <laughs> yeah, because there like I remember Hardy Nickerson. Uh-huh. He's now a coach. He is uh, in his second year of this Hardy Nickerson, twenty four years old out of Illinois. Uh, this is this is Hardy Nickerson's son. Hardy Nickerson the second. No kidding. Yeah. How about that? Okay, two percent owned. And the Saints had four offensive linemen mispractice yesterday. Are you downgrading their run game at all? Okay. Want to promote something real quick? It's called The Season 2008 Steelers. If you're a Steelers fan, this is an absolute must listen. It's one episode per week. Bryant McFadden bringing all his buddies on. Heinz Ward, Dick LeBeau, Ike Taylor, etc. And going through each game now, uh, basically from 10 years ago, from now through the rest of the season and the postseason, giving you sort of the insights, the locker room stories, the you know, the stories around the games, really good stuff. It's called The Season 2008 Steelers. We have a lot of great podcasts for you. Pick six um, in this corner. Cover three is our college football podcast. I on college basketball. Go to cbsports.com slash podcast for a complete listing. We also have a golf podcast. I'm sure I forget, I'm forgetting things. Heath, some teams uh, or some leagues still have not reached their trade deadline. Give me a last-minute buy low and a last-minute sell high. So should I say Rob Gronkowski or Dalvin Cook? Both. Yeah, I think so. I, I the, the schedule for Dalvin Cook from this point forward is a lot better than it has been. Um, I, I'm not ready to give up on him, and I think you can get him pretty cheap, and I do still think he has top 12 upside. Like, he could be a league winner in the fantasy playoffs. Wow, Dalvin Cook. All right, yeah, he, he's been – he has one Awful. game with more than 10 carries. It was week one. But Murray wasn't really that involved last week, and – Cook has three out of four games with three catches or more. That's nice. And Green Bay, New England, Seattle, Miami, and Detroit. But Detroit, you hear that stat about Detroit's run defense? I did hear that stat about Detroit's run defense. Um, YPC for life. Rob Gronkowski. We're going to talk about Rob Gronkowski in a little bit, so uh, we'll save him. Last minute sell high. That's the one that I struggled with a little bit. I think you could make an argument if he wasn't hurt for Traquan Smith real quick. Sure. Because sure. he was such a monster, but the injury probably uh, probably makes that difficult to do. I think if you could get something for Adrian Peterson, now would be a pretty good time to do it. Okay. And maybe try to – I know he's coming off a terrible game, but look at the look at the Kelsey owner and see if you can get something for Ebron. Um. Like, if you traded Ebron and picked up Brait, wouldn't be that bad, right? That's that's a win. Yeah. So, who are we starting in FanDuel this week? Well, I've got a Thursday lineup, 
and we're going to give it to you after we preview all of the Thursday games. But in the meantime, there's a Sunday contest that we want you to join. It's FanDuel.com slash FFT. FanDuel.com slash FFT. Heath, what kind of contests do you like playing on FanDuel? I play both 50-50s and GPPs or tournaments. I enjoy both of them. And my favorite contest is the FanDuel.com slash FFT contest. Same here. About 1,200 people in that contest, about 240 uh, win some money, $500 to first place. This must cost a fortune to get in, right? No, it costs $5 every week you can join as, as, you know, you can do multiple entries if you'd like. FanDuel.com slash FFT, it's only $5. Now, also at that URL, if you are a new user, FanDuel.com slash FFT, get started now. It's a great time to be playing more fantasy football. Get a $5 bonus on your first deposit, and then you can use that to enter our contest if you want. But FanDuel.com slash FFT, make a deposit and get a $5 bonus. It's for new users only. Bonus not available for withdrawal. State and age restrictions apply. For full eligibility rules and terms and conditions, go to FanDuel.com. Things I'm interested in seeing, Heath. Um, Not Creed 2. Not really interested in Creed 2. Why not? I didn't really like Creed 1 that much. That sounds about right. Did you? It was very good. No, it wasn't. Uh, everyone agrees. You know how I know it wasn't that good? I, I, it's never on in syndication. Like it's, right? I've never scrolled through the channel and see, oh, Creed is on. That's how you kind of know if a movie is good. Yeah, I wonder, is syndication now the better indicator or streaming services? Like who gets, who bids more money for these movies? I don't know. I wonder if syndication's taking the losers of the who Netflix and Amazon don't want. Have you seen Creed since it came out in theaters? I didn't see it in theaters. I don't really see I've, I've seen one movie in theaters in the last 10 years. Really? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, this conversation maybe maybe, t- maybe two max. <laughs> Things I'm interested in seeing. Rob Gronkowski's impact on the New England offense. He's missed 3 of the last 4 games. Doesn't have more than 8 targets in any game this season. Gronkowski hasn't caught a touchdown since week one. He has fewer than uh, 51 receiving yards or 51 or fewer in four of seven games. What do you think happens, assuming he plays this week, what do you think happens when Gronkowski comes back? I am worried about this, and that's one of – I write the things to know for the week, and it will be out uh, by tomorrow morning. And that was one of the things in my things to know, that somebody's getting left out in New England. There's just simply not enough footballs for all the players that they have now. My current expectation is that Gronk catches four passes for 60 yards and you hope he scores a touchdown. I've got him for six targets. Um, but it could be that Gronk gets eight or nine targets and that really hurts Josh Gordon or Julian Edelman. This is a three week break for Rob Gronkowski and you can't eliminate the possibility that he comes back healthy, looking great and he just dominates. Right. Uh, now what I did notice is that he's missed three of the last four games and the guy who was really hurt in the passing game was Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon in three games without Gronkowski this year with the Patriots has had 100, 130, and 81 yards. In the games he's played with Gronkowski, he hasn't had more than 50 yards. Edelman but hasn't been affected. Those were earlier in his transition. It's true, except for the one game week eight against Buffalo, which was a bad game. Uh, at Buffalo. It was a bad game for Gordon. Edelman hadn't been hurt with Gronk. James White hadn't been affected by Gronk, although he does have one two-touchdown game. It was one game he played without Gronkowski. But in terms of yards, targets, catches, um, Brady's been pretty bad lately. He's one touchdown pass in his last three games. Gronkowski played in only one of them. So I don't know what you make of that, but based on the, the last four games, which Gronkowski's missed one of them, Josh Gordon has been the one who's really suffered in the one game that Gronkowski played. I don't think that's enough data to make any type of solid inference. But it is certainly possible that he's like somebody's getting left behind this week. Okay. Second thing I'm interested in seeing is Kenny Galladay going to be a stud if and when Marvin Jones comes back, especially with his brutal fantasy playoff schedule weeks 14 through 16 at Arizona, at Buffalo and Minnesota. Those three teams, Arizona, Buffalo, Minnesota, they're, th- they're ninth, first, and third against wide receivers. Kenny Galladay's been great the last two games, Heath. Uh, the three games before that, he had a combined six catches for 95 yards on seven targets. Is he going to um, be great with, with Jones back if Jones comes back? 
I think the answer is no. I, I think there's a good chance if Jones comes back that Kenny Galladay is a low end number two, high end number three with Jones. And they both are right in that same range. The matchups are bad. Stafford's not been great. The offense just doesn't look very good. Um, right now he's a stud because he's getting 13 to 14 targets a game. Right. Right. He's that my, won't happen. My fan will line up. Um, I'm very interested, interested to see Marlon Max usage. I know it looks good on paper. I've been a little concerned about it the last couple games. I do wonder if Jordan Wilkins is earning more playing time right now. This is a huge opportunity for Marlon Mack against the Dolphins Heath. And if he can't get it done here, I'm going to be a little concerned going, not, I'm going to be quite concerned going forward. I fully expect he's going to get it done. Okay, I think good. Marlon Mack is a monster this week. I have him as a top 12 running back. I am interested to see if Aaron Rodgers can improve upon his career low touchdown rate. He is fifth in the NFL in passing yards per game, but Rodgers is 12th in touchdown passes. Aaron Rodgers is currently the number 10 quarterback in fantasy. And he's at Minnesota on Sunday. That's no picnic. Um, I'm interested to see uh, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers, Heath. Yeah, I I fully expect that he, his touchdown rate is going to improve a little bit. I'm not sure that it will happen this week. I am interested to see if Matt Breida is reliable. We're getting a lot of questions. This guy or Matt Breida, and he's coming off his best game, 132 total yards on 20 touches, two touchdowns against the Giants at Tampa Bay this week. Pretty tough slate going forward, but he's just run the ball so well this year. Is Matt Breida reliable now? I think he's reliable as long as he stays healthy. But will Matt Breida stay healthy? I can't answer that question. It seems like the answer is probably not. Yeah, I, I you, you like him this week, right? Against the Bucks. Oh, I love him. He's a top. I got him top fifteen. And then two matchups against the Seahawks aren't really that bad. Unfortunately, week sixteen is Chicago. Week fourteen is Denver. So Denver, Seattle, Chicago, all at home for Brita. Two of those three could be really tough in the fantasy playoffs. And finally, I'm interested to see if Lashawn McCoy can take advantage of good matchups, because after the Jaguars this week, his next two games are Miami and the Jets. I wonder if LeSean McCoy is up for the challenge, Heath. I think as long as Josh Allen and LeSean McCoy both get through this game healthy, I'm going to be pretty confident that he can. Okay, I like it. Good segment. Fun stuff. We have a lot of your tweets, some of your emails coming up later in the show. Heath, what are we thankful for in fantasy? You said you have a lot to be thankful for, so what, what are we thankful for? Um, I am thankful for the production of the early round wide receivers. Mm. I, yeah, I agree. Very nice. I, I did a segment on HQ this morning, and it was Fantasy Turkeys. And we were coming up with the uh, biggest disappointments at quarterback, running back, wide receiver. <laughs> and I, I noticed it wasn't that hard to find elite quarterbacks that let you down. It wasn't that hard to find first and second round running backs that were turkeys this year. My wide receivers, though, were mostly the third and fourth round guys, the Demarius Thomas, Amari Cooper, those guys. Most of the first and second round guys – even if they've been bad, they seem to be turning it around lately. Now, if you had done this segment last month and you had done Fantasy Pumpkins instead of Fantasy Turkeys, Keenan Allen definitely could have been one of those busts and pumpkins. But pumpkins are – like pumpkin pie is delicious. Yeah, but things turn into a pumpkin. That's a bad thing. But Pumpkin pie is disgusting. Wouldn't that be someone who's been good but's getting ready to be bad because well, he, turning into a pumpkin? He's been good in his career. Oh. But it already turned bad. Pumpkin pie is so gross. I, I don't like the pumpkin taste. Um, you like pie more than cake, don't you? Oh, 100%. There's no debate. Uh, what about, okay, ice cream cake, regular ice, cake. Ice cream cake is the best cake. Okay, so is, how would you rank ice cream cake, regular cake, pie? I'll go pie, ice cream cake, regular cake. Yeah, I go ice cream, regular pie. I don't really like pie that much. I don't know. Well, Listen, you don't like Creed. I you love fine. bad things. Where's your Butterfinger? Speaking of bad things. What am I doing that? Uh, that's what everyone would like to know. Well, I feel like everyone should be on the show for that. I think you should do it on Thanksgiving. All right, I'll have uh, – my wife's going grocery shopping later today. I'll have her grab a disgusting – Make sure she gets a full-size Butterfinger. Butterfinger. We're not doing one of these bite-sized things. I am thankful for uh, Jamie giving me Marlon Mack back. I am thankful for Melvin Gordon's 5.2 yards per carry, yards per carry for for life. 
Uh, he's the number four running back in fantasy. I am thankful for the Tampa Bay defense, always giving us good matchups. Anything else you're thankful for, Heath? Oh, I've got many things that I'm thankful. I am thankful for Eric Ebron's completely lucky and unsustainable touchdown rate that made me look smart on Eric Ebron <laughs> for the first half of the year when I was actually wrong. It's not, no, it's not that lucky because you have to consider the history it, of luck throwing to his, Andrew Luck throwing touchdowns to his tight ends. He caught a touchdown every four receptions. It's a little lucky, but he, he he at least was in a position to be lucky with touchdown rate. Yes, yes, that that's true. Um, I am thankful that Julio Jones finally started catching touchdowns because <laughs> that too. was really frustrating. Actually, I'm not thankful. I have zero Julio Jones. I am thankful for Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. And really, like, how exciting are these playoffs going to be? I was thinking yeah. about this the other day. I think it's a little bit underrated how great this season has been in terms of the points and the close games. And we're going to go into a situation where the, in the conference semifinals, we get the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Steelers, and somebody else. We get the Rams, the Saints, probably the Bears. We'll have one defense in the playoffs. Is there a team that can compete with the Chiefs? Steelers and Patriots. You got the Chargers, the Texans, they're both seven and three. The Colts are five and five, but obviously playing very well. I don't see it. I, I think the, I think the AFC is won by one of those three teams. Listen, as, as someone who spent 25 to 30 years as a pretty enormous Chiefs fan, I will tell you that when it comes to the playoffs, any team could, like the Chiefs have gone 13 and three and lost in the first round like seven times in my life. So any team could compete with the Chiefs in the playoffs. Mm. Especially if Mahomes throws some interceptions. Can cannot gotta clean that up. NFC, I think it's a two team race. I don't I don't know how anybody beats the Saints or Rams. It's going to be difficult because you're gonna have to beat them at their place. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the two teams that I get uh, all right, Minnesota, Philadelphia, and Green Bay, all three of which could miss the playoffs. Have chances. I don't really feel it with Chicago this year. I don't think this is their year. The thing is, could Khalil Mack just do what Aaron Donald did to the Chiefs? Maybe. And if he has one of those games, then they could compete. Then they'll only score 50 points. <laughs> uh, let's uh, read a few emails real quick here from Charles. A.J. Green or Allen Robinson this week? Got to make that decision on Thursday. Uh, I'm going... Unless we get something that sounds more pessimistic about A.J. Green, I'm going with A.J. Green. Oh, okay. That's risky. That is risky. Uh Greg Burnep from a city in Massachusetts that NPR recently called the new it town. Apparently it's Worcester. Non-PPR, pick an RB2. Peterson, Coleman, Josh Adams. Ooh. <laughs> this is a great question. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I would actually go with Josh Adams. It's risky, but I get it. I get it. Atticus from a city in California, PPR, uh, pick two of three. Ridley, Traquan Smith, and Valdez Scantling. Man, you guys sent some great questions in this week. Uh, I'm gonna go with Ridley, and, um, I, I think I'm gonna, I mean, let's find out what Traquan's situation looks like. I've got him ranked higher than MVS, but, I mean, that decision may be made for you. Yeah, I mean, Ridley is someone we said you could drop. Unfortunately, it's, you know, you look at what he did the first time he faced the Saints, 100-something yards and three touchdowns. I don't think I said you could drop him. Um, okay, fair enough. And Ben from a town south of the Mason-Dixon line. Fort Lauderdale. Standard League, need to bench one from this list. Kamara, Mixon, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Ty, we, uh, excuse me, T.Y. Hilton, or Marlon Mack. Who sits? Kamara, Mixon, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton, Marlon Mack. Uh, it's gonna come down to the Colts. Um, I've got Hilton at 13 points in non-PPR. I've got Mack at 15, so I think I'm sitting T.Y. What about Mixon? No? I have, oh! I have Mixon exactly the same as T.Y. Hilton. So it actually comes down to those two things. Good call. Okay. So, take your pick, Ben. 
And Team Name Tuesday on a Wednesday. Is this love, is this love, is this love, is this love, Adam Thielen? And Country Road, take my homes. That's a good one. Okay, the f- first one's not a good one. First one's a great one. No, that's a good one. That, that was a, that was a little bit out of your range. Uh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this isn't. Regulators Part One. This is from Pat in Boston. Late last week, I was in trade discussions with another team. We settled on a deal where I trade Beckham for Mike Evans and Matt Breida. I asked to wait a week as I couldn't afford Breida on a buy, and the team responded via text. Uh-huh. Understood. Deal stands until deadline. All right, so again, they agreed to a trade last week, then they agreed to wait another week to do it. Understood. Deal stands until deadline. Uh, that's what the other team said. There doesn't appear to be any ambiguity with that response, but now they're getting cold feet. Regulators, do your thing. Trades cannot be completed via text. Trades can only be completed via the website. And you should have taken the deal then if you wanted to make the deal. He has every right to back out now. So, no trade. It's been regulated. All right, we got more regulators coming up later right now. Three games tomorrow. One of them should be really exciting. Let's start with that one. Atlanta at New Orleans because the other ones could not be so exciting. Um, Stat of the game in Atlanta, New Orleans. The Saints allow the fourth fewest fantasy points. To running backs. But they've been struggling a little bit in their last three or four games. In their last three games, a running back has averaged more than five yards per carry against the Saints. And in their last four games, 4.3 yards per carry or better. Uh, what do you think about Tevin Coleman this week? I think it really d- depends on how if this is a half yards per carry league or a full yards per carry league. Uh-huh. Depending on how many points you get for YP- YPC, no. It doesn't. I think Coleman's a low-end number two running back. I don't expect him to be very efficient. You're hoping he's involved in the passing game and scores a touchdown. Uh, I would start Gus Edwards or Josh Adams over him. wow. All right. I'll take that back. I would not start Gus Edwards over him in PPR, but I would start both over him in non-PPR. Okay. So, you know, a lot of starts in this game. No concerns about Matt Ryan coming off a bad game? No. He scored 49 fantasy points in the first game, and Breeze scored 45. The first game was an overtime game, 43-37. So this should be a shootout. Ryan is top four for Jamie and Heath. He's sixth for Dave. Uh Coleman, like he said, low-end number two running back. And Ito Smith is a sit, I assume? Yeah. All right, Julio Jones, start. What about Ridley? What about Sanu? I, I would prefer if my team was in a place where I didn't have to start them, but I think Ridley's a high-end flex, Sanu's a low-end flex. They're going to be a lot of, and this is, this is kind of a window into how I do my rankings. There are going to be a ton of points scored in this game. I don't think that Julio Jones is going to score all the touchdowns. Right. So that really ups Ridley's chances of scoring a touchdown. Yeah, there were 37 points by the Falcons in the first meeting, and Julio didn't score a touchdown. Calvin Ridley had 146 yards and three touchdowns. Sanu had four catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, I'd like Sanu a lot better if there were more teams on by, but only two teams, so I I, I don't think many people are going to start him. Like I said, he's well, two teams, over. but I like know four, four of the top 20 receivers, or three of the top three. 20 receivers. Three, yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, who would you rather start, Tevin Coleman or Calvin Ridley? I would rather start Tevin Coleman. Allen Robinson or those guys? I think I'd rather start both of those guys. What's what do you have against Allen Robinson? He should he's got a great matchup. Assuming Trubisky and plays. I understand. Who's his if, quarterback? I understand. If Trubisky doesn't play, then it's there's you're not starting. The the real problem I have with all of the Bears wide receivers right now is we don't know in a given game anything about the target distribution. Uh I know, but like, huh, is like there, there's a if Calvin Ridley gets five targets and Allen Robinson gets five targets, who do you think will be better? Allen Robinson. Oh, I would say Calvin Ridley. He's been far better on a per target basis. Has he? Okay. I guess neither. Well, since the Saints game, because since the Saints game, he really hasn't done much. Let's um, just. I mean, I I don't. 
Like that's true. Like it's he it's hasn't fifty four or fewer yards in five of his last in six of his last eight games. Six of his last seven games. Since that's it. All right, all right, all right, it's fine. That's cool. It's cool. Um starting Sanu over Robinson would be pretty risky if Trubisky plays, but I think that'd be pretty crazy. I would not do that. Do you like either Ted End in this game? I'm I'm probably I'm starting Austin Hooper. It's really a tough matchup. They allow the second fewest points to tight ends. Hooper had three catches for 23 yards. Um, let's see, like last week, Zach Ertz had two catches for 15 yards. Uh, tough, tough opponent here. I am not a huge, and I, I'm not saying I don't consider it at all, but I'm not a huge believer in t- defenses versus tight ends. Okay. Did you, by any chance, notice the target breakdown for Hooper? Especially going into last week's game. Hooper, going into last week's game, he had six games with five or fewer targets. And he was bad in five of those six games. Uh, the only exception being Carolina, and they are the worst against tight ends. Hooper had three games with 10 to 12 targets. And in all three of those games, he had nine or more catches, 56 to 77 yards, and a touchdown in two of those three games. So basically the story was... He had five or fewer targets. He was bad. He had 10 to 12 targets. He was great. And then last week, of course, he went right in the middle. He had eight targets and uh, wasn't good. He had four catches for 27 yards against Dallas. So I can tell you that if Austin Hooper has not had 10 targets in a game, he has only been good once, and it was against Carolina. He's like, yes, he's only been good once, but I think in PPR, he's probably been a top 12 tight end in a lot more than one of those games. Okay, and uh going to the Saints, Drew Brees is top two. He's first for Dave and Jamie. He's second for Heath behind Andrew Luck. Start Alvin Kamara. Um, Mark Ingram is what this week? Uh, must start running back. Mark Ingram or Marlon Mack? Ingram. Okay. Mark Ingram or Joe Mixon? Uh, you like Mack more than Mixon, right? Yep. So, so Ingram it is. Atlanta's so bad against running backs. Michael Thomas, you're starting. Traquan Smith, if he plays, is what? I think he is a low-end number two, high-end flex in non-PPR and a mid-range flex in PPR. I, I'm not the – tar, the targets last week were amazing. I I haven't seen enough of that to where I'm projecting to be a high-target wide receiver. I think he's still more of a high-upside wide receiver. But he's be, he'd be the third-best wide receiver in this game behind Julio and Thomas? Or in PPR, I'd like Ridley more. Okay. Uh, Atlanta does allow the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers. And they are pretty good against tight ends. And Watson's, you know. Look, James, I have no James, interest in yeah. Ben Watson. I'm not even sure if he's the right Saints tight end to start. They're Jamie's right got him 15th, but Dave and Heath have him way down. 24th. I, yeah, I mean, last week it was Josh Hill and, was that Dan Arnold? Oh, I don't remember. Something Arnold. Tom Arnold. I don't say. think it was Tom. Hey, oh, it was Hey Arnold. It was not Hay. It was definitely Dan. Okay, Dan Arnold. <laughs> um, all right. And the Saints DSD. Heath has no interest in them, but Dave has them eighth. Three big games in their last four. Terrible against the Rams. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't really see myself starting the Saints DSD. 38% owned. And that would be Saints Falcons. Hey, are you looking for a good holiday gift? Heath, you need uh, some presents? Some gifts? Absolutely. Movement watches. Heath already has a movement watch. So do I. We love our movement watches. They are great. They are inexpensive. $95. They start at $95 for similar quality from a traditional brand. You're looking at $400 or more. So you can save a lot of money just by getting a movement watch and use that on other Christmas gifts. Now you want 15% off that already awesome price with free shipping and free returns. Go to mvmt.com slash ffootball. mvmt.com. Slash F football. M is in movement. V M is in movement. T dot com slash F football. So that's 15% off. Movement did all the hard work this holiday season. You don't have to now. They made awesome gift boxes and packages. You get to go on that website. Look at all the watches. It's, it's almost hard to pick because there are so many that you're going to love. Movement watches is, is an underdog story and a success story. They are now, uh, selling 1.5 million watches worldwide by bringing quality designs at fair prices. I think you're going to really love it, people. Go to mvmt.com slash ffootball, get 15% off plus free shipping and free returns and join the movement. Two more games and, uh, we don't need to spend too much time on them, Heath, cause, uh, yeah, not going to be a ton of offense per se. 
Chicago at Detroit. Stat of the game was about Damon Harrison. Stat of the game number two. Detroit might have the worst pass defense in the NFL. They allowed the most yards per attempt in the NFL. Stat of the game number three. The Lions have allowed 12 touchdowns to wide receivers in their last six games. So it's it's annoying, Heath, because if Trubisky's playing, it's just it's beautiful for the passing game. Yeah, I just I don't know how much even if he does play now, knowing that he has a shoulder injury, right. how much they lean on the run game, how much they lean on the pass game, and these wide receivers for the Bears are so so unpredictable. You look at Allen Robinson, just his last five games. Two for 23, five for 64, one for four, six for 133, three for 39. But who was that six for 133 with two touchdowns against? That was against Detroit. Yes. I I don't necessarily think Matt Nagy, who we've been praising as an offensive genius, is going to attack the Lions in the exact same way he did three weeks ago. It's not that. It's that they just can't cover receivers. I think two receivers have a good chance to be good, considering in their last six games the, the Lions are giving up two touchdowns to receivers per game. And you, ha- like you have to go with Robinson and Miller if you're going with any two receivers. I understand Taylor Gabriel was a thorn in the side last week, but that hasn't been the norm lately. Trey Burton could always get in there. Uh, but uh, what are you going to do if, if Trubisky plays? If Trubisky plays, I'm probably going to start Allen Robinson as a low-end number two wide receiver, and I'm going to view Gabriel and Miller as flexes. And Miller ahead of Gabriel? I've got Gabriel ahead of Miller. If Trubisky plays, are you going to start Trubisky? Um, he is right in that low end number one quarterback range with Tom Brady, with Russell Wilson. Uh, he is my number 12 quarterback, so I would start Jameis over Trubisky. But yeah, there's no other streamers I would start of him. Is this if, because of the injury? It's not just because of the injury, no. Okay. He's been, he's been a little up and down. Well, uh, you know, Minnesota last week. Forgive it. Buffalo three weeks ago. Other than that, when he's had good matchups, he's been like one of, if maybe the best quarterback in fantasy other than Mahomes when he's had these good matchups lately. I mean, he threw for 220 and two against the Jets. How many points did he score? Did he run? He had 51 rushing yards, no touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) can't just go with his passing numbers. Well, that, that's probably though pretty close to what I have projected for number 12 quarterback this week. How many rushing, how many running backs are you starting in this game? Um, in PPR, I'm starting Cohen. In non-PPR, I'm flexing Howard and Cohen. How many Lions are you starting in this game? Kenny Galladay. Must start, right? Oh, yes. Total stud. Would you start Galladay over any of the running backs? I think I, I would start Galladay over all of the running backs. Uh, and Jordan Howard is outside the top 20, so it, it does look like a tougher matchup now. He was dreadful against them three weeks ago or two weeks ago, 11 carries for 21 yards, and he just hasn't been running that well. Uh, and Trey Burton, starter sit. I'd prefer to not have to start Trey Burton, but he is a tight end. Right. Burton so or... I, like I've, I'm pretty down on Eric Ebron. I would start Ebron over him. Okay, and Brate obviously over him. 100%. How yes. about Burton or Vance McDonald? Um, McDonald, 100%. Washington at Dallas. Oh, start the Bears DST. Washington at Dallas. Stat of the game. So the Redskins, they've done well against Mike Evans and DeAndre Hopkins in their last two games. But they have allowed 14 or more fantasy points in PPR to a wide receiver in every game this season. Every game, 14 or more fantasy points in PPR to a wide receiver, including to Michael Gallup uh, before the Amari Cooper trade. So what is 14 fantasy points, which is the floor for red, uh, wide receivers against the Redskins? What is fa- 14 fantasy points per week? That would be good enough to be the number 23 wide receiver in weekly scoring in PPR. Um, is Amari Cooper a top 24 wide receiver for you? I was just looking to see if I had Amari Cooper. Like 23 is probably very close to where I have him in PPR. I think I have him projected for 13.3, so I'm going to have to bump that up, 0.8 points. <laughs> and I have him at number 24, so that that will bump him up to number 23. Cool. And uh, I ex- like 
Amari Cooper is better than whoever would be the worst wide receiver against Washington this year, but the situation's not great. I expect there were a lot of people during that Chiefs, not a lot, there were some people during that Chiefs-Rams game that were yearning for days past when we saw running the football and we saw defense and football. Yeah, And you're going to get that in this game. Yeah, Zeke, this was the worst game of the year for Ezekiel Elliott. He was terrible against the Redskins, and they are much better against the run than the pass. But, I mean, this game is pretty simple. Like, Dak Prescott is, I think you all have him the same again. I think 20th. Uh, so. You want to need another Butterfinger? <laughs> no. Don't start Dak. Don't start Colt McCoy. Adrian Peterson, avoid, right? I'm not avoiding Adrian Peterson. No. I'm not actively trying to start him, but I would start him in non-PPR. I'd start him over either of the Bears. How about Tevin Coleman or Peterson? I've got Peterson two spots ahead for like a half a point more, so it's it's close. And I'd rather start Coleman in PPR, but non-PPR, I'd rather start Peterson. Amari Cooper is the only wide receiver you're interested, right? In? And he's in the same range for me as Peterson at wide receiver. I'd rather start Peterson in non-PPR. I'd rather start Cooper in PPR. You don't see, I mean, I see like four fantasy point potential for Adrian Peterson. He has to score. Well, there's also four fantasy point potential for Amari Cooper. Um, I guess. Yeah, I guess. No, I don't think there is. I think there's 14, I think 14 is his floor. I mean, he had 3.6 against the Atlanta Falcons last week. It's true. It's true. Um, alright, and then, Jordan Reed? Start him. Fire him up. Reed or, well, is Reed the best tight end in the Thursday games? Hooper I am Watson. Fairly Reed, certain that he is. Burton. I actually have Hooper just ahead of Reed, but I'm going to change that and Reed's going to be the best tight end in the Thursday games. Okay. If you had to take a dart throw on a Redskins wide receiver, who would it be? Jordan Reed. <laughs> okay. I'm not playing a Redskins wide receiver. Uh, which DST do you like better? I think I have Washington ranked higher. Yeah, you do. Everybody's got Washington around 12th. Heath's the lowest on Dallas. They're 16th, but Jamie and Dave have Dallas 7th. I don't know how many chances Colt McCoy's going to take. Right. Like, I, I would be curious, and I'm going to look it up right now, because I don't really think that this Washington defense is a whole lot different with Colt McCoy at quarterback than Alex Smith, at least this current version of Alex Smith that we've seen this year. And I I wonder, uh, the Washington Redskins have been number 17 in terms of fantasy points allowed to defenses. Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking something else up. Uh-huh. And the only defense... Oh, this, wait a second. Cole McCoy is definitely worse than Alex Smith. If that's okay. what you're trying to say, he's definitely worse. I, I'm trying to clarify this. Oh, I'm he sorry. is worse I, than Alex Smith from last year. Most quarterbacks in the NFL are. Yeah. He is worse from Alex Smith, Colt McCoy's career, nothing compared to Alex Smith's career. Alex Smith has been terrible this year. But he hasn't turned the ball over. Right. I don't really think Colt McCoy is going to turn the ball over. All right. I, this conversation. When these two teams played in week seven, the Cowboys scored five points against the Redskins. One defense has scored double digits against them since week five. Okay. All right. Compelling case. And then uh, we finish off with a few things. FanDuel lineup. My FanDuel lineup for Thursday would have had Trubisky in it, but it doesn't. Um, it has Breeze. There's a lot of Saints. Breeze, Kamara, Theo Riddick, who uh, I don't know how much we talked about him, but I think he'll have five or six catches. Um, Breeze, Kamara, Riddick, Michael Thomas. Kenny Galladay, Amari Cooper, Austin Hooper, Josh Doxson, and the Redskins DST. It's a great lineup. That's pretty terrible. What? Um, I have Breeze, Kamara, and Michael Thomas, and Kenny Galladay, and it's terrible? No, it's very similar to mine. Oh, okay. Uh, I have Breeze, Kamara, Theo Riddick. Oh, sames. Michael Thomas. Samesies. Julio Jones. Not samesies. Bruce Ellington, mm-hmm. Jordan Reed, mm-hmm. Taylor Gabriel, mm-hmm. and the Saints defense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Time for some tweets about players, and then we'll do some regulating. 
Uh, Andy Dalton, Nick Mullins, or Deshaun Watson this week, four point per passing touchdown. Uh, it comes down to me between Watson and Andy Dalton. They've been playing so close to the vest with Watson. I have him one spot ahead of Dalton, but uh, I don't really feel great about it. Am I nuts for wanting to start Lamar Jackson over Aaron Rodgers this week? That seems pretty nuts. <laughs> Not that nuts, but yeah, it, kind of It's nuts. pretty nuts. Is Patrick Mahomes going to have the greatest quarterback fantasy season of all time? No, he is on pace for 5,300 yards and 53 touchdowns, and Peyton Manning threw for 5,400 yards and 55 touchdowns, and he's he does have more rushing yards yeah. than Manning did, but he's not going to meet that pace because they play the Raiders twice, and they're going to throw like 12 passes in those games. <laughs> okay. Uh, John Brown or Doug Baldwin, half PPR? Uh, Doug Baldwin. John Brown is no longer on any of my rosters. Can I drop Corey Davis to pick up Malcolm Brown? I uh, I'm not there yet. Okay. I'm gonna need some more clarification on Mariota's injury. He owns Boyd, Diggs, Gordon, Sutton, and MVS. I think you can drop someone to pick up Malcolm Brown. But then again, you probably can just wait um, till next week figure out who to drop. Uh, Ebron or Njoku, rest of season PPR half PPR. Uh. <laughs> Uh, I'll stick with Ebron. Non PPR, Traquan Smith or Amari Cooper? Ooh, that's a good one. I will go with Cooper. No, Traquan. Andrew Luck or Matt Ryan? Uh, Luck's my number one quarterback this week. Josh Reynolds is he a must start going forward? No. Is Royce Freeman droppable? I'd rather not, but I would drop him for Gus Edwards. I would drop him for Josh Adams. Uh, running backs get two points for every five carries. Should I go with Philip Lindsay against the Steelers or Josh Adams against the Giants? I like Lindsay better in any format, and I think he'll get more carries than Adams. Yeah, Lindsay it is. Rivers or Cousins rest of season? Hmm. I think I'd stick with Cousins. Can only start one running back. Cook, Aaron Jones, or Ingram? Um, it's Aaron Jones for me, just barely over Ingram. Is Joe Mixon a must start? He's a top 15 running back. I'm not sure if I'd call him a must start just because of the names that I have ahead of him that could very well be on your roster. Sit one of these guys. David Johnson... Joe Mixon, Connor, Matt Breida. I'm sitting Mixon. Ooh, Breida over Mixon this week? I've got Breida just barely over Mixon. And finally, is Doug Baldwin back to every week starter status? I hope so. I, I think there's a chance. I'm starting him this week. All right, Heath. Well, it's Wednesday. We have to get our commissioner hats on. We have to regulate. Andrew in Chicago. Hey, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, uh, we need your help. The league is in chaos. The league's in chaos. What are we going to do? We play in a 14-team league with a few minor future dynasty-type aspects, but more of a redraft than anything. Bum, 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 bum. All right. A piece of which is we award the draft slots in order of finish, with teams 7 through 14 getting picks 1 through 8, respectively, and teams 1 through 6 getting 8 through 14. So that means that the number seven team in this league gets the first overall pick next year. With that in place, should a team that is pretty solidly in playoff position be able to tank matchups and sell off assets for future parts with the hopes of finishing just outside the playoffs and thereby gaining them the number one pick, or should that not be allowed? This team benched almost all of their players this week, and the league is up in arms about it. Yeah, this this is a tough question because of the lack of specifics. You say it has a few minor future dynasty type aspects, but is more of a redraft league, but they're also able to sell parts for future assets. So I don't really understand how in a dynasty league, I think tanking is acceptable. In a redraft league, tanking is not acceptable. It sounds like they are gaining some benefit other than the number one pick, though, by selling off parts for next year. 
Right. In a redraft league, if a guy's benching his entire lineup, I'm kicking him out of the league. All right, yeah. I, I wanted to establish our fantasy football today rules and regulations for tanking because I'm getting a lot of questions about it right now. And in redraft, like I get it in keeper leagues, dynasty leagues, whatever. Um, in redraft leagues, teams that are sitting players – with the, not, you know, a lot of it, Heath, is teams that are sitting players in order to influence their playoff seating and their playoff matchups. And I just don't know what to do. Like, you have the right as an owner to do that. Yep. Yes. And I think that, like, I don't do that because I think it's, um, it, you're going to feel really stupid when it comes back to bite you. I don't think we know well enough a few weeks in advance what a team's going to look like for the fantasy playoffs, and I don't want to choose my opponent and then get beat by them. But your basic thing is like in a redraft league. Well, what is your, what is our basic the fantasy football today rules on tanking? I don't think there's any excuse for tanking in a redraft league, and I would kick you out of the league. But what about the scenario we just gave, where you sit your players? I don't consider that tanking. Okay, tanking a week then. I don't like setting an illegal lineup for that purpose. Uh, no, it would have to be a legal lineup. But sitting Todd Gurley for Adrian Peterson because you're trying to, like, I think that happens in the NFL in Week 17 a lot. Yeah, it's such such a tough call, but um, yeah, I think he's right. I think it's I think it's allowed. Uh, sorry if I didn't fully answer your question, Andrew, but. Um, if it's a dynasty league and there's draft pick implications, I think Heath is okay with you with this guy sitting his team and losing so we can get the number one pick next year. And it's not just the draft pick implications. It, there's there's another part in here, selling off assets for future parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes it sound to me like more of a dynasty league than a redraft league. All right, next up. Hey, Nick, Luke, Johnny, and Steel. Ooh, I have no idea. Feels like... uh. Street Fighter or something. Let's see. Uh, it's comic books. Okay, here we go. Ten team PPR. I am the commish of our couples league. Five couples, each person gets their own team, and I'm in a dilly of a pickle. It's a Simpsons reference. With two weeks to go, I've already clinched a playoff spot and probably a bye week. Week twelve is my bye apocalypse. No Mahomes, no Hill, no Zerline. I can add one, maybe two players due to carry on Johnson moving into IR, and I can drop OJ Howard. But my entire bench is running backs that I'm holding to prevent other owners from using them against me. I can't afford to drop my bench players. Um, I can pick up a quarterback and a wide receiver, but no room for a kicker, and I'm not dropping Greg Zerline. There's no penalty for playing a short team, but the team I'm playing is tied for sixth and the final playoff seed. And our matchup projections are going to be razor close once I add a quarterback and wide receiver. So he's sitting he's, – he's going to take a zero-a kicker because he doesn't want to drop anyone. Am I upsetting the competitive balance of the league by potentially, potentially letting my opponent win? Or is my strategy of hoarding running backs and Zerline and possibly allowing myself to lose a week okay since I'll be in the playoffs anyway? Or should I kick myself out of the league? You should not kick yourself out of the league, and you should not consider the competitive balance of the league – when it comes to doing what's best for your team, your responsibility is not to balance the league. Your responsibility is to kick everybody's ass. You're making a decision that you think is best for your team. I don't necessarily agree with it. I would probably just pick up a kicker and let Zerline go. No. But Adam thinks Zerline is very, very important. He is. You have nothing to, and to so win this week. And so I think um, that's fine. Yeah. It's going to be really uh, disappointing right in the first round of the playoffs when Greg Zerline Kicks five extra points and Kimi Fairbear has another twenty point game. Oh, will you stop but, with your Fairbairn thing? Fairbairn is not better than Zerline, and he's the best free agent kicker. You can't. Not everybody can pick up Fairbairn. Also, uh, that was Rohit from Los Angeles. Gosh, Heath with his Fairbairn always. Okay, last one. Nathan from Wisconsin. The league commissioner and I are in first and second place, respectively, in our first year neighborhood league. On Friday, he made. All right, you know what? This doesn't even need to be regulated. This is just me publicly shaming the commissioner, Heath, because okay. he just completely cheated. On Friday, the commissioner made three ads to my opponent's roster prior <laughs> to our match. My opponent hadn't set his lineup since week five and hadn't made any transactions <laughs> at all this season. 
prior to making those three ads. So it was looking like an easy win for me until the commissioner intervened. At first, the commissioner denied doing it. But when presented with a screenshot showing that the commissioner made the ads and drops, (laughs) he then claimed that my opponent was having trouble with the app and needed help. My opponent has not addressed the situation at all other than to make clear that he prefers soccer over football and doesn't care much about any of it. Am I right in thinking that this is a clear-cut commissioner cheating? He's refused to undo the transactions and has locked me out of all communications with the league. (laughs) Holy crap. What a cheater. That is so awesome. And I just love the idea of how uncomfortable future neighbor Uh communications are going to be (laughs) because of this fantasy football happening. Yeah, he's a cheater. Um, he should lose his commissioner title. He should be kicked out he of the should. league. He really he should, should be. be banned from future fantasy football leagues ever being a commissioner again because he clearly does not have the integrity to hold the position. He should have to move. Yeah, he I, out of the neighborhood. In all honesty, he really should <laughs> because he's making it awkward for everyone else now. Happy so, Thanksgiving, yes. everybody, in that neighborhood. Have a, have a great time. Uh, we'll be back with a Turkey Day show. Enjoy your Wednesday. We'll talk to you Thursday. See you later.